feeling the 20th anniversary Buffy fancast. I am your watcher, Kinsey. I'm your watcher, Donna. I'm your watcher, Jack. I guess I'm a watcher, Adrian. <laughs> she really wanted to still be a vampire. She did. She looks very sad that she does not get to be a vampire anymore. It's okay. I'll kill you and bring you back if it make you feel better. That's a little, that's a little creepy. No. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with that plan either. <laughs> not a good plan. Uh, so we've watched Prophecy Girl, the season one finale. This one was written and directed by Joss Whedon. And it shows. And it aired on June 2nd, 1997. Such a good emotional episode. Like, oh man, this is what I watched Buffy for. Like the, the scene between Joyce and Buffy. Oh god, I love that scene. Yeah. <sighs> So beautiful. Willow telling Xander no. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Okay, so before we get to all that, can we talk about that previously for a second? Because that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but at least the voice sounded like they at least watched the show, unlike a slayer is born every generation. I thought it was, yeah, it, it, oh, it was so bad. And we still have the chalkboard fonts. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. You guys know that <laughs> for everything good about this episode, we still got some shit. Here's a thing that I... I mean, I have been watching Buffy. I have watched Buffy several times, and I have been watching it for a while. And this episode, I happen to look at the credits and go, there's an actor named Robia Lamort? That is the coolest <laughs> name ever! Oh my god, what a great... That's more like a character name. I should go look up who this is. It's Miss Calendar. How did what? I... How did I never know her name was Robia Lamort? Oh. That's amazing. That is a great name. Is that not the best name? I want to go legally change my own name to Robia <laughs> Lamort because it's such a fantastic name. That's got to not be her real name. I don't know what to tell you. It's good. It's a good name. It's, it, it is a good, good it's name. It's good. Okay, but that was not actually the best thing about this episode. <laughs> There's a lot of good in the episode. A lot of good. I, I have another silly thing. Has the annoyed one just been sitting there in that same place for like weeks now? No, he was on the other side of the master in, in previous episodes. Are we sure that the yeah. master didn't just move? I mean, the master probably <laughs> the master was walking away dramatically. Yeah, the master could have been the one to move, and the anointed one stayed still. So that's true. Soliloquying. I mean, he's just sitting in the same cross-legged position, and I'm like, like in this episode, I was like, I'm getting a little tired of the anointed one not doing anything. Spike will be uh, a So did Spike. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I really... I don't know why I keep being like, no, really, but, and then nothing happens. <laughs> so my daughter's been doing this thing where she tries to talk, but she's, she's got this stutter. And her teacher says it's normal that kids this age often have stutters. But so she'll try to say something, and she'll stutter, and she'll stutter, and she'll stutter. And then she'll go, my words are just not coming, and get Aww. really frustrated. I'm like, oh, baby, I, I know. I'm so sorry. So she sweet. feels your pain. Thank you. <laughs> so... This, were, this episode starts with Xander professing his love, and then we turn and see Willow's happy face. I'm, I'm going to have to correct you. This episode starts with the Pergamum Codex again. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that codex is really important. <laughs> codex? How do you spell it again? P-E-R-G-A-M-U-M. We love you. And... and Charles was studying it and translating it, and he discovered the first prophecy of the Slayer. The Master shall rise, and the Slayer will die. So love. So yeah. So also, love. Extreme close-ups. 
many extreme close-ups. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go on at length about what happens with Xander and Willow in this episode. But in this case, Xander just repeatedly practiced asking Buffy out on Willow. And then, bless her poor little heart, she invites him to practice on her some more. And that just made me sad for her. Yeah. Willow's pining makes my heart ache. That yeah. is That is my legit note because... Everyone has been there, and especially at that age, mm-hmm. that that moment of no, no, I'll I'll be your friend and and I'll help you do the thing you you know ask the person out, and then but it's not me. Okay. Like, Actually, uh, you don't even have to be a teenager. To, I had an online a gaming friend with a voice chat, and this this dude had the <laughs> sexiest voice. Oh my god, I don't even have words for how sexy this guy's voice Donna's like literally fanning yeah. herself right now. I mean, I'm talking... She's got was, the vapors. It was, <laughs> it was deep and... Uh, was, uh, was, and he was he was the most married man ever in the history of marriage in that he couldn't even understand why other women would hit on him after he said, I'm married. And I'm like, well, because it still works, dude. It still, <laughs> it still works. Um, but yeah, I would... I would on occasion, just close my eyes and listen to him talk as if what he was saying was about me. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We would not have made a good couple, but I enjoyed listening to him. Oh, that's one thing, like, that's one thing that makes me the saddest for Willow. I'm like, oh, Willow, you shouldn't date him. No. He's not good. No. Like, he is, he's, he's, he's such a, you. he's such a, <laughs> He, he's a. I appreciate Xander. I want to be his friend, and then we'd go out to all the things. But, but if somebody I knew that was a girl wanted to date him, I'd be like, "Sweetie, please don't. Do it. Do it. Don't do it because you don't want to spoil the friendship that you have. Do it because you don't want to spoil your perception of him that you have." Listen, this is the kind of guy that would leave a woman at the altar. I think at this point, though, we don't really know the depths of how fucked up Xander is. No, no I'm just going based on what I'd seen this season. And what I've seen this season is a lot of unpredictability from him. And I'm like, and that does not make a good partner. No, yeah, well, and like, I, I sort of mentioned this before, but I, like, I, 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 I was frustrated for a minute at how he didn't seem to have a solid character thing, but after Kinsey said... Whatever brilliant thing she said that I don't remember. I'm sorry. I'm That's okay. Stupid. I don't even remember what he said either. So it's <laughs> um, fine. But uh, then I then I was like, no, Xander's just like Xander doesn't know who he is, yeah. and I don't think Xander ever does. It, you know, I think by the last few seasons, he's he's got a pretty solid understanding of who he is. He's he's done he has done some serious damage to people before he, he gets has. Them, though. He has. Well, I I want to because after we just I mean. I don't know. Willow was there going keep practicing on me, so I don't know if I can actually be angry about about Xander because uh, it's really it's really hard to tell if he's aware of what he's doing to Willow or not. But when that earthquake hit, he grabbed her and dragged her under a staircase. He took care of her. Yeah. So I want to give him full credit for that. I was actually trying to remember, and you were about to say something, Jay. So you might be about to answer my question. Has Willow admitted to Xander? Willow admits it in this episode. Because this is the episode where Willow says, where Xander's like, hey, so we're buddies, so let's just buddy it up together. And Willow says, do you think I want to be at the dance with you while 
I know that you're there wanting to be with her. And he, and he stops and he's like, well, I didn't think. Mm-hmm. And, and my answer, my, my immediate reply was, yeah, you didn't. Uh, but right. yeah, that was the moment when Xander's like, oh shit, you like me. Oh my God. Well, let's, let's put that on hold because there's a lot going on here. So then Xander goes to Buffy and I was so proud of both of them. Even though Xander, Xander reacted in kind of a shitty way, it's, you know, he just got rejected and a lot of us don't handle rejection well, but he was very straightforward with Buffy. He was, he was, I want to date you. I he opened up with Buffy, I like you. Yes. I mean, he was, he was very honest with her. He was not playing games. And Buffy was very honest back. I mean, she was, she was a little reluctant, but she was, I don't feel that way about you to him. Mm-hmm. So they were both very honest with each other and I was so proud of both of them. Uh, and then Xander was a little bit shitty, but like I said, I'm going to cut him some slack on that one. I, I I feel a little bit less like cutting Xander some slack. And he did apologize, though. He, he yeah. apologized after. Yeah. He's making a lot of good leaps. You have to... I've been in that situation more than once. I'm sorry, CJ was distracting with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been in that situation more than once with guy friends who have asked me out. Sometimes at times when, like, I was literally dating somebody else. Yeah. And and I'm like, I don't know what answer you expected. Right. Here. And, like, I don't know. Having, having been treated very poorly by people that I thought were friends after turning them down, I'm like... Dude, you had to go into this expecting that might happen. Right. As somebody who knows how to come on to people... So, he... Do you think you could tell us how to talk to girls and boys in another podcast, Jay? <laughs> I just... I definitely could not, like... I could forgive him for it eventually, but he's got to do some serious apologizing because he, like... And serious apologizing is not what he said then because what he said sure. then was, uh, I'm sorry, but... Still not actually sorry. Um, I think that's my problem. Is it's like one of those non-apologies. It's like I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry, but and I'm like, don't fucking like. Yeah. Yeah, and so like, so he he definitely behaved like a brat, um, because when you're asking someone out, like if you go in there like, like it's the most important decision they're ever going to make in their life, you're going to stress them out, and they're going to say no. Like, more often than not, even if they would have said yes, like, if they gave it a th- some thought, they're going to say no because you freaked them out. So, like, you have to make it like it is what it is. Like, you have to come to it being like, this is a decision that you're making just for, like, this is just a decision we're making as a group. Like, you know, I like you, you like me. I mean, maybe you like me. If you do like me, then we can go on a date. If you don't like me, then we don't go on a date. It's fine, you know, either way, I'm, we're still going to be friends. Like, that kind of, that is a lot less stressful, and it, like, it definitely is a much better way to not push people away. And you have to be so gracious, like, about your notes, about accepting those notes. Like, Especially because, if you have a friendship that you want to maintain. Yeah, because when it says a lot about you, like, are you able to accept a no says a lot about you. And if you become shitty at somebody because they told you, no, I don't want to be that intimate with you, then you are demonstrating that you are not the kind of person who anybody should trust in that capacity. Yeah. So then Xander goes off by himself and Willow finds him and asks him how it went. 
and they have the conversation that Jack beautifully played out, where he basically says, well, why don't you come? And she was like, no, I'm, I'm, no, I don't want to be there with you. And I felt such a moment of kinship with Willow at that moment because I had, with, with my ex-husband, we were friends before we ever became romantically involved. And then we became sexually involved. And then we became romantically involved. <laughs> that's uh, what happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's a perfectly reasonable order to go in. But because we started off as friends, he was in the habit of telling me how much he liked this other girl. And we'll Oof. call her Sarah. So he was in the habit of telling me how attracted he was to Sarah and how Sarah wouldn't have anything to do with him. And that was cool because we were friends. And then when we were friends with benefits, he would still talk to me about Sarah. And it was still cool because we were pretending like that's all that was. But at the point that we acknowledged that we had feelings, we were in his truck. We were driving down a road in Norman, Oklahoma, and he started talking about how much he liked Sarah. Oh, no. And I looked at him and I said, pull over. And he said, what's wrong? I said, stop the car. And he stopped the car. I'm going to give him credit. Apparently, that sounded serious. He stopped the car. And I, and I just looked at him and I said, listen, if you're with me because you can't be with Sarah, you're not going to be with me. If, if you're with me, it's because you want to be with me. And uh, we, we talked about that for a little bit. And he decided that, no, I was who he wanted to be with. And uh, we didn't talk about Sarah that way ever again good uh so yeah I, I i really felt a moment of kinship with willow because that is a hard thing to do that is really hard to say no it's me you know i'm, I'm either your choice or i'm not yeah mm -hmm. and it's hard because like I, I feel like you almost sound a little bit like an asshole saying stuff like that mm -hmm. but you're absolutely 100 in the right to say stuff like that yeah. well and i think it depends on what kind of relationship that you have with somebody like getting a little off topic here but whatever like, you know, if you are going into an open relationship, then it might be okay for people to be like, oh, I really like Sarah. And you could be like, well, hey, go see how, if Sarah's into this. Yeah. Um, but if you're like, no, nah, I'm monogamous. And some people are just super into monogamy. Like, like my husband is super into monogamy. He's just like, yeah. no. Nah, That's just the way I'm wired. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm a one man person. Well, he, he's, he's, he's the emotional monogamist. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, we could go have sex with somebody else, but I'd actually rather just do it with you mm -hmm. um and then and, but but like you can't you can't date other like he gets it's the jealousy he gets jealous and yeah. i'm like well there's no reason to do that all right but and so like but that's definitely not how anybody in buffy seems to be no nobody in buffy seems ready maybe spike <laughs> <laughs> seems actually probably not Spike maybe Darla no, he is all about yeah Priscilla, so. he is he is super monogamous okay, okay so we were talking it. about <laughs> we were talking about this TV show what are we doing what's this podcast about <laughs> what is it about um yeah I was I was real proud of Willow in that in that scene I, I really was I was just it was basically good for her Willow's just such a great character in in so many ways I have, but, a, um, I have a much less deep note about her. I really liked her hippie sweater. <laughs> <laughs> she has so many fuzzy sweaters. Yeah. And I love them all. I want them. Mm -hmm. They just look like you would spend all your time hugging yourself. <laughs> She's so great. When she when Willow talks to Cordelia, she later says, 
Um, Cordy was Cordy like, I like, like your outfit. And she's like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it was great. Cordy tries. Okay, Cordy really tries. She knows that being nice is what's required in this situation, and she really tries. I to be really, nice. yeah, I really like that Willow was not only asked to do the sound system, but was the first person that anybody talked to about it. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Like, you don't often see female characters being asked. Like, even if they do, like, computer things, you don't often see them being asked to do actual physical, like, hook this thing up, make this work. Mm-hmm. Side note, what kind of club doesn't allow the school hosting an official event like a prom to use their, their sound system? Side, side note, why isn't the faculty dealing with this problem? Right. Well, you see, the bronze's sound equipment is still being fumigated, so it's actually not on site, and they don't... It's full of roaches. Yeah. That's why they're not allowed to use it. Hold up, Miss Blood Juice. I also really liked um, when uh, Xander is talking to Buffy, and I don't remember what Buffy says, but she says something like, what about Willow? And Xander goes, Willow's not looking to date you. And if she is, she's holding it, she's keeping it really close to her chest. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, ba-doom, ching. <laughs> That's true. So, Jay, you're going to be so super proud of me on this one. I have to share this with you. Ooh. But I really like the Master's earthquake joke. And you know, I've been <laughs> bitching so much about his humor. He's like, no, I want him scary. But when he did that joke at the beginning, like, I like, I lost it. I just cracked Dude, up. Me too. And what I was think? like, five point one. Yeah, five point one. During during that scene, as he's going, oh, whatever, rumble, rumble, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Routine. I wrote down, dude, you're in California. Earthquakes happen. <laughs> They're not always because of you. <laughs> no, but everything is the master. It well, doesn't matter. So in my head, I played it out like most earthquakes happen, and he's like. Oh, it's another one. But this one, this one, what there was a sign in this one because he, he's the master. He can feel like when mystical energies are high. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was going to say head Canada. Because like also Buffy, like as a result of that earthquake, Buffy walks in and she's like, oh, it looks like there was some structural damage. Are we safe in here? Like she's very like non, like uh, completely unfazed by mm-hmm. the fact that all this stuff is happening. So I was like, yep, they definitely live in California. They, mm-hmm. This is a California behavior. Because I think that way about tornadoes, and like I never thought that way about tornadoes before I moved here. Yeah. I still think that way about hurricanes for the most part, and I'm like, yeah. I had a I had a conversation when I was at OU. I had a conversation with a professor who was from Oregon and a fellow student who was I think from Baltimore, and we had a conversation that boiled down to uh, tornadoes don't bother me, but earthquakes terrify me. Earthquakes don't bother me, but Hurricanes terrify me. Hurricanes don't bother me, but tornadoes terrify me. Uh, so apparently whatever it is you live with is no big deal. I have noticed that. Like I had a friend, uh, and she was she, she's from Puerto Rico, and the first tornado that she went through here, she was like, Kinsey, what do I need to do? Da, 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 da. She's very, I was like, oh, we'll do this, and this will be fine. And I made to her, I'm like, man, but you've went through hurricanes. How is this bothering? She's like, no, we just board up the windows. We have our food. We have board games. We're good. I'm like, oh, good to know. <laughs> I'm in, yeah, in a hurricane. So and it's the same we thing. go out on the front lawn and look for it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with any kind of risk. I think when you're exposed to a certain kind of risk often enough, like, it, it just doesn't phase you as much. Like, for instance, driving a car is one of the most dangerous activities that we perform. Yeah. Like, on a daily basis. And 
I'll like after this podcast is over, I plan to get in my car and go to Brahms, and I'm not having any anxiety about that, <laughs> despite the fact that I know statistically I could die like really easily. Sunnydale doesn't have any Brahms. Hmm? Sunnydale doesn't have any Brahms. Brahms is local. I'm not in Sunnydale right now. I'm a watcher, so I can I'm go anywhere I want. Saying. <laughs> I'm not stuck to a place like Slayer is. The first time I was talking to somebody from out of state and said I was going to go to Brahms, and they said, what's Brahms? It was like my world exploded, that everyone didn't have Brahms. <laughs> it's so, pretty great. Brahms is pretty good, you guys. For that fan of ours in Australia, I'm really sorry. They have five, <laughs> a bag of burgers for five bucks, man. Anyway, yeah. Joyce's prom talk yeah. was so wonderful. Like, I love Joyce so much, and she was really, really fantastic in this episode. And, like, I, I, I like the way that Joyce... Joyce reminds me of my mom a lot sometimes. Like, whenever, she, whenever Buffy's like, we can't afford that, and Joyce says, with the way you've been eating, we can afford it. Yeah. Like, I like, I like that Joyce is kind of snarky. That she's not your typical TV mom. Mm-hmm. She's very real. And I yeah. think that's... And, and we have talked about Joyce, and we'll continue to talk about Joyce. Until... No, we'll talk about Joyce even after that. We're not even talking about what you dropped the pin about. That's... Yeah. No, do this, Jack. La, 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 la. It's just another one of those crazy jokes, like the one you had earlier that I didn't get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But she's so real. And I think that is one of... For, and you've said it, and we've all talked about it. It's just... She's a very real, very fleshed out character, and, she, and I do, and I love the snark because my mom's snarky too. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the character creation is one of Joss Whedon's. Yeah. I, I, I feel yeah. like I've been saying this is one of Joss Whedon's strong points, but character creation, I think he's really, really good. He's good at finding those little quirks and the character traits. I wish Joyce reminded me. I wish Joyce reminded you of your mom too. I wish Joyce reminded everybody of their mom. Right. Yeah. Everybody deserves to have a mother like Joyce. Yeah. So, Buffy walks in and overhears Angel and Giles bonding. And, <laughs> and she is immediately jealous. <laughs> I have very, like, aggressive and passionate feelings about that scene because I was so angry at both of them. Because mm-hmm. this this involves her, and you're not sharing this information. Like, my note is, that's really shitty. To keep that, from yeah, they her. were protecting they touch, her. They touch on this again in the episode where he had where Giles tests her powers. Actually, yeah. they touch on it a few times, I think. But, but it this just, idea of withholding information from her for her own good—it made me so angry, and I didn't remember being this angry the first time I watched it. But I was really angry because no, you do but, not make decisions about my life. Well, yes. it's it's her it's her putative father <laughs> and her potential boyfriend. Like it, it is the quintessential patriarchal like group of people who yeah. are basically saying you are you are too you are too precious to us to be able to deal with this stuff so we we the men will deal with it for you and and that's and that and I know that's what it is I know Jack you have you have hit it you know perfectly on the head but oh I was angry I was, uh, yeah I'm with you I'm so angry but her both both the character and Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting in that scene oh it's heartbreaking I'm 16. I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. That moment, like, oh. Uh, read me the signs. Tell me my future. 
Like, yeah, she's that, like throwing things. Yeah, I love that moment. Well, that she, moment gives me chills. She goes to me. It seems like she goes through in that moment the seven stages of grief. Like, like she I, laughs. Yeah, like I mean, she she hits them all, and it just it's so seamless and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But oh man, yeah. And I just I had a realization. I wrote down why throw down the cross. It's because she quit. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, why the cross? Because it's protective. But then I realized when she's throwing down the cross, she's not just rejecting being a slayer. She's rejecting a gift from Angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's kind of a double meaning. Yeah. yeah she's rejecting both of them. At that yeah. Moment. Yeah. She's. Yeah. It was very efficient, actually. So I have a poll question now for you guys. How would you feel? Two. Knowing when you were going to die. Like when she finds out, how would you feel about that? Well, I feel like I'm a little bit genre savvy because I've seen Buffy (laughs) (laughs) and other horror movies and such, like like other prophecy Mm -hmm. things. So I feel like I would be like, okay, what does this prophecy actually say? Like when when she gets down there, Master's like, I wouldn't be able to get free if you weren't here. I feel like I would have been like, let's do some more research, guys, because maybe I don't have to die. Maybe Mm -hmm. this isn't a thing that needs to happen because... Because this seems stupid. I work really well under a deadline, so I feel (laughs) really impatient as a person. Like, I would be like, all right, that day is coming. Let's go. (laughs) I, you know those little online games that'll come up? I I ran across one that was like, when are you going to die? And we'll pretend like I was taking it right now because I don't remember what those dates were. But I was, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I hit the button and it came up and said uh, May 15th, 2017. And I was like, whoa. And so I was like, okay, okay. You know, I'm going to hit it. I hit it again. And it was like May 14th, 2017. I was like, okay, listen, asshole. And I hit it again. It was like May 18th, 2017. And uh, now... While I didn't believe it, I also did not tell my superstitious friend. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> like, probably a good idea. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a good idea. So after I got past May 18th, then I began sharing that information. <laughs> this was a couple years ago. Okay, it's it not May 18th, 2017 yet. Yeah, I, I was making updates as example. Oh, shit. What <laughs> <laughs> you saying, Donna? Donna, don't die! Don't do it, Donna! Um, it might be tomorrow. I don't mean. fight the faster. Don't go alone. But yeah, like, I don't know. It was it was also one of those moments where I was like, is there any particular reason she has to go alone? I think... I mean, this is something that, that Buffy yeah. struggles with a lot, because there is only supposed to be one Slayer, blah, blah, blah. The friendship is magic. That's what saves her. Yeah. But, on like, I was just like... Well, maybe Giles gearing up isn't actually a bad thing. I mean, right. I'm not sad that she punched him because he kind of deserved to be punched. But how many times has he? But we didn't get an answer from Kinsey. I, I think I would be a lot of denial and just not deal with it. Just I think I, I would. Ha ha! Funny joke. I'm going to go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> and I think that even even when it's like, no, this is when it's going to happen, I'm still going to be like, nope, I'm out. Sorry. And I wouldn't, I would not. I mean, I, the upside of that is you'd probably miss the thing. I probably would miss the thing. That is true. But I would, yeah, I don't think I would, I would not have that moment of talking to my friends and then feeling very concerned for their sake. They'd be like, okay, well, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that line, that Willow's line, it wasn't our world anymore. They made it theirs. They had fun. Like I love that line so much. I want to talk about that one. I would. Yeah. I would totally. Yeah. 
totally go fight the master after that. I'd be like, Willow. Well, let's back you, up. You, you, let's, you, let's back up to that scene. And okay. talk about, because this is right after Cordelia has said, you know, they never showed up with the equipment. And they're going to, I don't know, the AV club room. Uh-huh. And there was a moment while they were talking and we were looking into the room and I saw there was a bloody handprint on the TV, but nobody knew anything I had missed happened it. yet. I yeah. did not see it. This was before there was any clue that anything was wrong. There was just in the background a bloody handprint on the I TV. I did not see the bloody handprint on the TV, but I did think, they're sitting weird. Yeah. Um, but, like, so the first thing that struck me about that is they open the door and a dead body falls out by the door, which tells me that person was running. Yeah. Um, and Willow walks right into the room. She was transfixed by that because it was it was over a porky pig cartoon. Yeah. Something so well, relatively innocent and young mm-hmm. and reminiscent of childhood. And there's one of her friends, his bloody handprint yeah. on the TV. Well and also right before that, Cordelia was talking about how much she liked this guy. Mm-hmm. How like even these uh, like, you know, look they're watching a cartoon, that's so cute. That is not cute. That is annoying. I am annoyed. Uh-huh. I did think that was funny. The I'm annoyed, I'm furious bit. I thought that I was I thought yeah, that was hilarious. But, so I want to, can, 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 I, can I tangent a little bit here? There's this book I just read called The Coldest Girl in Cold Town by Holly Black. And it is legitimately, like, I think my favorite vampire novel that I've ever read. Uh-huh. But there is, it opens up very similarly to that scene in Buffy. The main character wakes up. She was at a party. She wakes up in a bathtub. She's like, the fuck am I doing here? She goes downstairs to find every, like, everybody she goes to school with. All of her friends. Everybody she's ever known. Dead. Like, killed by vampires. There's blood. There's dead bodies everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it really reminded me of that scene. And it's just like that hollow, horrified look on Willow's face. Like, I feel like this is the first time when they're like, monsters are real, and they are really dangerous. Yeah. Like, even more than the first episode when we lose Jesse, because I don't know what was going on there. But, like, like this this felt dangerous. Well, that's... So, yeah, so Willow looked at a place that she felt safe. This was her place, and they... they, What was the line? Uh, The line was, it wasn't our world anymore. They made it theirs, and they had fun. Yeah. Well, it hit her. I mean, that's, I mean, and it's like you said, Adrian, this is where everything became real. Everything that they've been fighting this, you know, this season, I think they were very, not, I don't want to say flippant, but I was like, haha, oh, we do this, we do magic, and we got monsters, and it's awesome. And then she's walking into school someplace, she has probably felt safe her entire life. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> she, and she sees this, and it, I mean, it, it hits her where she lives. I mean, that's, yeah, well, because, like, we've seen we've seen people die, but we haven't seen it on that scale. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, that was, that scene was really great. And, like, I something about the fact that Willow walked into the room, just walked right the fuck into it. Something about that really hit me, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. But, um, uh, so a fun little thing that I noticed is the dress, the prom dress that Joyce buys for Buffy... It's very reminiscent of the dress, the prom dress that Buffy wears in the movie. They're both white. They both have like the, the flowy tulle skirts that are 
high low like yeah. in the yeah. movie it's a long skirt and then she tears it and it's shorter and in this it's a long skirt with a shorter underskirt and they both have this the straps and the cleavage see my thought was that it was both very bridal and very virginal yeah and look sacrificial like this is something you would dress someone in before you sacrifice them well i think that that's how it was supposed to look in the movie and i think that that's exactly what it was supposed to look like here yeah. and i just thought the the, the the extreme similarity was fun uh giles is knocked out again Giles is knocked out again. It really did break my heart, though, when you finally realize why Buffy's doing, why she takes up the, the Slayer mantle again. It's basically because of how innocent everyone is, like Willow, to her, and like that. Just like that got me in the feels. Like yeah. I was not expecting. I was like, oh, 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 okay, feels all right. Yeah, when, she, when she realized that by not doing her job, Willow was going to end up hurt. Yes, yeah. she's like I got, I got to do my thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you got to really expect her for that. Um, I really, really liked that, one, Jenny Callender was there, and two, that she was legitimately helpful. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's, in many shows, it is very easy to have a character that looks like Jenny Callender be there just to look like mm-hmm. Jenny, Jenny Callender. Yeah. And I love that she has been consistently useful. So, so I dubbed her an official Scooby at that moment when she starts being helpful because, yeah. I mean, this is this is big bad stuff. I yeah. dubbed Cordelia a, a Scooby in this episode as well for the fact that she drove a car like she Damn. was in Diesel. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. 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 She's had nine driving. episodes of Driver's Head. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but I agree with that, John. I want to talk about Xander going to Angel because Xander spent a good half of this episode useless just wallowing in misery and then he realizes something's going on and Xander went to Angel and I've mentioned before that something that they've maintained consistency throughout this entire Whedon verse is that Xander and Angel do not like each other at all Yeah, they do not like each other Xander goes to Angel for help and you can just feel the waves of dislike coming off them as they stand there and talk. But the fact that Xander did it. Yes. But that's one thing I will say that regardless of the ups and downs he has, that Xander has had this season, when it comes to Willow being in trouble, Buffy being in trouble, he is already in motion with a plan. Like, whatever you're saying is going to happen, he's like, no, I don't agree with that. We need a new plan. And he knows Angel is the point to get well, yeah, I mean, that is, I guess that is Xander's character trait, is that he is, he's Rainbow Dash, he is loyal. Like, he is going yeah. to do what he has to do to save his friends. That's why Willow isn't a lost cause in season six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You can count, you can count on Xander's loyalty, you can count on Willow being brave and smart. Mm-hmm. And she is, she just knows where, where she's strong. She's Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> I have written down, the fuck is Willow wearing? I'm not sure what I'm referring to there, but apparently I was confused by Willow's wardrobe choice. I don't have anything about Willow's clothes. That's weird. I don't either. So, Buffy goes down into... Actually, he leads her into hell. The Anointed One leads Buffy down to the Master. I love that little conversation. You don't have to pretend I know who you are. Yeah. But see, Um, I wonder if Buffy was already circumventing the prophecy by she knew 
who he was. And she even says, look, I know who you are. Let's just get this show on the road. Yeah. I wonder if there was a little bit of already she's changing. It. Maybe. Because the she prophecy was never circumvented. It happened exactly. Oh, no, it did it. happen. But I think her being self-aware is what is like, allowed her to come it. back to life. Yeah. Is so, that, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, no, where is this little kid taking me? No, she knew exactly where she was going. So Buffy goes down into the master's lair. They have a brief confrontation where she is unable to kill him with a crossbow. And then he bites her. He's got her paralyzed. He bites her and he drops her in a puddle and walks away. And she dies. By drowning. By drowning. Not exsanguination because you can't CPR somebody back from exsanguination. Now, this to me right here is kind of one of the themes that continues throughout this series is Buffy would have died right there. But Buffy, unlike previous Slayers, has friends and she works with them and her friends came after her. Yeah. And because of that, she came back to life. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing though with the, the bite and the drowning, like, I do wonder how much he took from her, like how much he drank, yeah. that she was that weak that, okay, I mean, you've been bit, but that she she has no strength to get out of the water. Like, it, it, was, a, it was a shallow puddle. You know what I mean? Like, well, he had her hypnotized. I wonder how much of that hypnosis continued after he dropped her in the puddle. And maybe that's it, too. Because I remember the first time watching this, I had lots of questions about her death and how mm -hmm. that went down, but the second time I feel less questions and that I know I understand more because that's actually my note, is that is it the bite or drowning that kills her? And I said, drowning, never mind. <laughs> I want to bring up one quick thing for those of you who watch this episode. Xander's CPR technique is crap. <laughs> Don't do what Xander does. Okay? Don't. I found something about CPR and Angel and his lack of breath. Yeah. Uh, this is from Fandom, powered by Wikia. Okay. Um, it is Angel notes that vampires cannot give CPR due to their lack of breath. He probably means healthy breath, since he, like all vampires, is able to talk for which breath is needed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know exactly what healthy breath means. Let's go with Breath of Life because he's dead. In my head, I just have to, like, I can, ignore that. And, and if I ignore that, I'm okay. okay. Well, no, I'm fine with with putting in some headcanon that a dead thing can't give real life to something. Just give him it's some Listerine. He'll have healthy breath. It's just a <laughs> mystical thing, like, like Marcy going invisible. Sure, sure. Just some things are magic. Wait, Marcy going <laughs> invisible is not... Mystical, it's... Fuck you. <laughs> so, it's science. science. Fake so science. I have Cordelia as a badass underlined a couple of times because she was super badass. They were getting to that fucking library. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, um, when I, she was like, fuck it, just driving through, I was like, yeah. Yeah, she was... Yeah, she was brilliant. In that final scene, someone really, really... Someone watched Jurassic Park and really liked the Velociraptor scenes. <laughs> because it was all like... <laughs> this was another moment where vampires really looked like zombies. Yeah. For a not insignificant amount of time. Yeah, the yeah. way they gathered up around them. Yeah. yeah, well, I just wanted to be like, guys, you're vampires. You have the power of thoughts. 
and self-awareness. You can run. Yeah. yeah you also you ha- you can run. You're not Romero zombies. Like, do your thing here. Run. So I, I gotta jump back though to the underground here. I really wish the master had been as scary as he was. That final scene, like I and I know I've I've harped on him, and I know I'm sorry, Niedermeyer, for calling you Niedermeyer, but he's Niedermeyer. He just is. Dude, like he was he was scary. Like, and that's what I wanted. Like, now I loved, like I said, my one joke of his I loved, but that's. To me, I think I would have been more concerned for Buffy, regardless. Because to me, prophecy is like, oh, that's in a book, that's words, man. But if he'd have been, this is why you die, Kinsey. I know this is why I die. But I think he. I don't know. That's just me. I just. I wanted. I. I like scary. I felt like yeah. It was when he's talking to her. It's really scary, but it's not like monster supernatural scary to me. Like it's violation scary. Oh yeah. Like it feels. I felt really afraid for her and not because I thought she might die. Like, I felt afraid that something worse was going to happen to her. Yeah. And... Well, I, I noticed as he was stalking her that his predatory behavior looked very sexual. Yeah. There, there was there was a, a lot of sexuality in that behavior. And I feel like that's got to be on purpose because Joss Whedon is so into his paranormal as yeah. a metaphor. Yeah. Um, but I actually... My note here is it feels violating when the master is speaking to Buffy and hot. Like, there was a moment where I was like, like, the master's not hot. Like, he's clearly an ugly monster. But there was a moment where I was like, I don't know, like... Oh, he was This is kind of sexy. It was a little bit sexy. And then I got really angry and I was like, why do we teach girls this? Yes. Why do we teach girls that this is sexy? And I'm not trying to, like, kink shame or anything because, like, I'm down with a little kinky stuff that's fine it's fun but at the no, same but if time you're, if you're into that great but let's not teach let's not teach that this is sexy yeah and i don't think that joss whedon was teaching that this was sexy no. i think that he was playing on a thing that is already like i think he was playing on a specific fear and and in my brain i was like hey <laughs> but at the same time i'm like i really don't like it upsets me that we teach girls that this dominating creepy predatory behavior is sexy. Yeah. I agree. I do like the line when he first master sees Buffy again. It's like, you were destined to die. It was written. What can I say? I fucked the written. I love that line. (laughs) Uh, The use of the theme song in the fight scene when, like, Buffy comes to the school. Uh, Oh, she looks so so badass. I need to correct you. Because they used it for an entrance, and then they faded out before the fight scene. Yeah. And I really didn't like that, because I was like, this is badass, we're going to get the theme song for a fight scene. I wish we had done that. Yeah. yeah if you if they had done that, that would be better. I was, I was kind of upset that we did not actually get the theme song for a fight scene. So, once again, we see that Buffy is really smart, and I don't think Buffy thinks she's really smart. I definitely don't think she does. Um, but she is because you know she had she had failed to kill him, so she knew he was he was tougher than anything she'd fought before. <coughs> and uh, she looked through and she saw that jagged piece of wood, and she arranged things to make sure that he would land on that piece of wood, and that was smart. That was super clever. But I have to ask. How is her dress still white? It's so clean and perfect. And I'm on the one hand, I'm like, I'm so glad that her dress She's pure. It's because she's received the blessed breath of life. The blessed breath of life from another. (laughs) She's been reborn. 
Yeah. I kind of think she has, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, she, there's a reason why she's stronger after having been dead. And, uh, like, part of my headcanon was maybe slayers who survived their own deaths become stronger. I don't think a slayer has ever survived their own death. And that's why we haven't seen it until Buffy, who survives two of her own deaths. And that makes her super strong slayer. She's super saiyan slayer. Yeah, and see, and that I I kind of have a note. Of, uh, that was kind of a note I had that this this death is kind of where we get that that Buffy strength that we're used to seeing, and maybe it is because of that because she did, maybe she legit was not strong, not as strong as we think she is. Yeah, and until like I mean, basically she's faced her worst fear fighting, you know, coming that first confrontation with the master, and yeah, she died, but she's back, so she has no fear Guess anymore. Who's back. Yeah, back again. <laughs> Buffy's back. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she has no fear. Like, she doesn't have, I guess, those mental blocks, if you will. Like, oh, I've got to hold back. I've got to... She doesn't have to hold back. Like, this is... I think it's all mm-hmm. interconnected. I can, I can get behind that. Um, the, Giles decides that he's going to go fight in Buffy's stead. And this is not the only time he does that. Like He did it at the mausoleum. Mm-hmm. He has done it before, and he will do it again. And... It makes me wonder how other watchers interact with their slayers. He gets criticized for it well, and, in a couple of seasons. And Wesley, like, okay, so Faith's watcher is fake. Yeah. Uh, well, I, th- I think she is a watcher. She is, but she should. But she's a bad watcher. Yeah. Um, but then Wesley doesn't ever seem, like, until Wesley goes through some shit, he doesn't ever seem like the type of character that is going to go fight in Faith's stead. Right. Um, now, it's possible that Faith does not attract <laughs> the same kind of love that Buffy does. Well, to be fair, the mayor would have definitely fought in Faith's stead. No. I think the so. Mayor I think so. I, think I, don't know. The- I don't know. We'll talk about that more later. Um, but, like, Kendra Slayer also doesn't seem like a, a Do one. Do we meet Kendra Slayer? Kendra's, Kendra is a slayer. I'm Kendra's sorry. watcher. I said it wrong and I fucked you up. Did we, did we meet Kendra's watcher? I, thought I don't we, think we ever do. Well, I never got the impression from Kendra that she had a watcher that would that would be willing to do she that. She did trained from a very, very young age, but never... Because never, she yeah. was trained from a very, very young age. Right. And then she was just sent off to Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. If she had a watcher that was willing to do that, it seems like they would have come with her. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, she does seem... Pretty confused by how hands-on Giles is. But that's—I know, I know. Yeah. We're, we're we're totally digressing. Uh, but you know, the point is, is that I think that part of like it, like Buffy is special in terms of Slayers. But I also think that Buffy is surrounded by other special people. Yeah. Like I think Giles was generally considered to be a bad watcher by most people. Everyone but Buffy. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? Um. So, this is a good episode, and it hits a lot of really emotional points, but I feel like they got better at the climax later on, because Mm -hmm. this actually, like, I love how Buffy killed the Master, but it did feel a little bit anticlimactic to me. Like, it just happens, and then it's over, and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, the, the moment when all is lost happened so far ahead of the moment when she wins, it just kind of... It was off balance. I think I think that's where the pacing. Yeah, but I feel like Whedon has done things similar to that better since. 
I mean, I feel like that's sort of the story of the entire first season is, yeah, I like this. He's done, this was clearly his practice run. He's done it better since. He gets better. He gets better. He gets better. Yeah, the fight, the, the fight scenes are very repetitive in this season. The master has a thing for grabbing people's necks. Like, he's yeah. constantly just grabbing people's okay. necks. He grabs yeah. Buffy's throat multiple times. And when he does it that last time, it's so fake. Like, he's got her throat, and his hands are just so loosely on there. You can just see her freely moving her head about, one yeah. finger not even touching oh, her. And then, and then she one-ups him by grabbing his neck instead. It's yeah. like, you grab my neck, I grab your neck. Oh, we're grabbing each other's necks. That's a lot of neck grabbing. So, in that scene, though, I do love that Buffy tells him that he has fruit punch mouth. I was so happy yeah. about that. Oh, sorry, Maddox. Hi, sweetheart. Maddox is very excited yes. about this, too. <laughs> Um, we, we just got the dog excited. So. Yeah. We all. I also like the callback to nightmares because in nightmares he says, "I'm free because you fear it," and in this one he's like, "I'm free because you're here." Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was a really nice, nice continuity there. Yeah. Um, I don't know the exact mechanism whereby the master skeleton survives his death because he's so Where? old. Well, because he's so old, which would tell me more of him should be mystical and. More of him should fall apart when the mystics is gone. But then it occurred to me, okay, what if the bones, like, what if the bones are old and the bones are unaffected by the magic, and so they're actually calcifying over time? So, if, like, they're no longer organic matter? So his bones are fossils. Yeah. Well, just keep in mind that if we don't have his bones, then we lose some important stuff that happens next season. Yeah, 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 of course, but, like, we don't need that stuff. Um, there's... There's something else, like, the Master is not a normal vampire. He doesn't, like, he is not... In season seven, the vampires in season seven look an awful lot like yes. the Master. Yeah, but he has been, like, he is trapped down here. There is mystical stuff happening the with him. special vampires, I think yeah. they're called. Um, there, there's mystical stuff happening with him. He's trapped down here. He's referred to as the Master. Um, he has mystical earthquake sense. Yeah, like, I think that there's something... I, I mean, obviously there is, because we have foreknowledge. And the magic that's is in the skeleton. He's getting broided up on Hellmouth energies, yeah. and so that's going to affect bone structure. But I really like <laughs> the fossil thing. We're going to go with the fossil thing. Yeah, I really like the idea that his bones are fossilized. That is my head, Ken. So what else? Are we done? That's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. Hey, this season one, guys. Woo! Yay! Thank goodness! Season two is one of my favorite seasons. So excited. Season two is really good, is but like... Coming. I know that I was super down on season one there for a minute before the dummy episode. I've always sort of liked the dummy episode because it's just that campy kind of thing. And then I really liked nightmares. Like, like dreams are so cool, but they're generally, like, there's no stakes. So I think it's really difficult to make me care about an episode about dreams, but they managed to do it there. Uh, Out of Sight, Out of Mind was primarily really good with a few glaring errors. And then this episode is really good. So, like, season one picks up for me. Yeah. Um, and I am really excited to go into season two. Angelus! All right. Yeah. I'm done. So oh, I, I can't do this anymore before I spoil more of season two. Okay. Uh, do we have some thank yous? We'll definitely want to thank everybody that is following us on Instagram and Twitter. We do appreciate and love your support. Definitely tweet at us, direct message us on Instagram, kind of your thoughts on Prophecy Girl. There's something you notice that we didn't notice. You know, let's get into a discussion. Let's talk about it. Uh, as always, if you're not following us 
on Twitter or Instagram. Why not? Because there's shenanigans ensue. If you don't like Joyce, we don't want to hear about it. Yeah, that's true. Just the, keep, the, that, keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. But if... Uh, so you can follow us. We are on Twitter at once more w Buffy, And on Instagram, we are uh, once more w Buffy as well. I like how you always check. I have it written down <laughs> here, and I just want to make sure, and I want to get it right. So Let's see, once more with, but not full with, just the W. Yep. Buffy. Okay, cool. <laughs> And uh, keep in mind that we are now a happy member of Gumby Cat Networks, a a podcast, a <laughs> podcasters podcasting for podcast people. Podcast people. Yeah. Gumby Cat Networks, podcasters podcasting for podcast people. I'm going to get that and I'm going to do that every time. That's going to be your thing. It's going to be my thing. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of really cool podcasts on that network. I'm going to suggest you go check out uh, Popcorn Junkie. Um, it's a uh, movie review, and uh, the host is named John, and he talks about uh, current movies, and he talks about movies and filmmaking, and I think you would really enjoy it. So go by Gumby Cat Networks, that's Gumby with an I-E, and Networks with an S, GumbyCatNetworks.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Can't wait. You know, we finished season one. Can't wait to get started on season two. Uh, thank you guys so much. Hey, I like your dress. Bulldog. Bulldog. We're the lead. You're the living. Bulldog. Bulldog. We run out of tears to cry. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.